Sometimes the struggles are real. Everything aches and you have no idea how to handle the sharpness or stiffness going on. And on top of all that, you have advertisements stateside for pharmaceuticals you can't pronounce or find on a crossword puzzle. Have you ever wondered why they've never presented something easier? Introducing Baby Name Pharmacy. We make it easy to know your drugs of choice so you don't have to rack your brain over the hard stuff. Take for example, Ixacisumab. This is a drug used to help psoriatic arthritis. How is anyone gonna know how to pronounce that? Instead, we choose to call it Bendy No Hurt. See how easy it is? Antiseptic, take a hike. We're bringing in ouchie bye-bye instead. Ibuprofen, is it ibuprofen or ibuprofen? No one knows. So how about we give you 800 milligram tablets of nicey wicey? I take a meprazole for digestive reasons, or as we call it in the baby name pharmacy, Tum Tum Happy. You might be asking yourself, how did all of this come about? Well, the answer is simple. Our strategic team of experts interviewed 100 toddlers under the age of three and asked them about what their parents called certain medications they were taking. A lot of them were unresponsive until we introduced our bubbles control group. After that point, the names just started flowing freely. Prozac, Celexa, Zoloft, Lexapro, Paxil. Short, but not sweet enough. We choose to stick with the classic happy pills. Antibiotics be damned. So scrap the amoxicillin and get yourself some good goody blood better capsules. And for those that are in need of a little boost, maybe suffering from erectile dysfunction or the like, we keep it nice and easy, but much less discreet with the titles of Happy Wee Wee and Water Water Mommy. The fun doesn't stop there. We are also licensed to sell medicinal marijuana, which is coined with the special name of Uncle Steve. So come on down to Baby Name Pharmacy, where you can goo goo and gaga yourself healthy. <laughs> Parlay? That's the one. Parlay! Parlay! Great day and welcome to another episode of Parlay Radio, the podcast that gives you the objective take of the bands you love and love to hate. We do have a very special guest as part of our Simply the Fest Marathon, Jay. Simply the Fest! That we will introduce shortly, but first, gentleman, introduction, sir. Jay Bain and Bye Bye Beautiful. Don't bother to write. I'm Devin Hughes, and I just lived through the blood red summer. Our special guest today, Nathan Hart, is appearing again as part of our Simply the Fest Marathon. Nathan is a stand-up comedian performing at this year's The Fest in Gainesville, Florida. You can check some of his act on YouTube. You can follow him on social media with the handle Comic Nathan Hart on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And if you're not sure how to get to those links, head to ComicNathanHart.Squarespace.com. Please welcome to the show, Nathan Hart. Oh, hey, how are you doing? Uh, I thought of one, by the way. Uh, I, I got a good high, Sniper. There you go. There you All go. Right. <laughs> All right. You how get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nathan, we appreciate you hopping on. You're actually the first comedian that we have had on here, believe it or not. It's an honor, I think, so far. Until there's a podcast about the controversies of this podcast, 
for now, it's an it'll honor. be soon. It'll be it's soon. Coming. It's just going to be about John. It's just going <laughs> to yeah. be about John. Right. <laughs> By the way, in absentia, John yeah. Coleman, who is driving, and I don't want him on the phone while he's driving because that's a no-no. Bad John. Yeah, also because he forgot that we were recording today and he thought we were recording next Monday because he stayed home with the kids for an extra day since he was off. I get it. Whatever. You're an asshole. We love you, you asshole. Dick. Yep. Dick. Yeah. What they said. <laughs> <laughs> Great first impression on our new friends, John. Uh-huh. Oh, we love him anyway. Well, I guess he's fired eh. again. Eh. He'll be back next week. It's all good. We are continuing the Simply the Fest marathon covering all these lovely bands that our guests have chosen. So I'm going to introduce the band that we're covering today. Coheed and Cambria are an American progressive rock band from Nyack, New York, formed in 1995. The band consists of singer and guitarist Claudio Sanchez, lead guitarist Travis Stever, drummer Josh Eppard, and bassist Zach Cooper. Almost the entirety of their catalog is based on a science fiction storyline called the... Say it again. What was it? Amory, Amory? Wars? Amory Wars? My autocorrect Amory said Wars. Armory, because fuck my notes. Why would that make sense? The Amory Wars, a series written by Claudio Sanchez, which has been transcribed into a series of comic books and full-length novel. Coheed's music has been described as progressive rock, progressive metal, pop, and comic book rock, but overall, they fit the description of a creative rock band. Nate, why did you choose Coheed, good sir? So, historically, like, uh, I grew up in, in Florida, around, like, St. Petersburg, like, Tampa area, and all the, like, for whatever reason, the really cool kids at my high school, like the the like top of the social order cool kids, uh, that was their favorite band, was Coheed and Cambria. So I got them some exposure from it through that, which is weird, because of everything you just described about them. They don't really make sense as like the the alpha kids band. Like it doesn't is it, but and now it's my wife's favorite band. Just total coincidence. So I've gotten a lot of exposure to them over the years. And it seems like a good thing to um, get into, since they're kind of they're kind of weird too, for this so, show compared compared to other you know uh, stuff of the same caliber. Yeah, I, I mean I can kind of understand that. It's uh, simultaneously you were you were coerced by your classmates, and now you were coerced into marriage by mm-hmm. your wife, all surrounding <laughs> Coheed. So did you marry your wife, or did you marry Coheed? Ooh. Yeah. That, uh, Claudio lives in my closet now. That doesn't yeah. surprise just, me. Just lurking around my house. Yeah. Is it Claudio or just his hair? Because, I mean, you can only <laughs> fit that behind one door. <laughs> well, Nathan, we appreciate you hopping on today. Coheed, I, I'm definitely excited about this because this means I got to listen to Coheed all afternoon, and I was really happy mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. I, I, I feel like they're a hit-or-miss band where... Mm-hmm. If you hear Claudio's voice and you can appreciate it and take it for what it is, then you can appreciate the band a lot. But there right. are mainly people that just get turned off by his voice, and that's it. That makes sense. Yeah, I feel like it's it, you're either really into it or, or not at all. Jay, what about you? What are your thoughts on Coheed? I mean, as soon as I saw that it was a band that we were going to cover, I was a little 
skeptical at first, I guess. You know, I, I didn't know how this was going to go off, mainly because, like, unlike a lot of the other bands we've covered, Koki really hasn't had a lot of success. And it actually really saddens me because I've been a, you know, somewhat of a fan of Kohi for years. Um, I've seen them in, I think it was 2009, and, you know, they were sandwiched in between two of the weirdest acts you could ever have with Trivium as the opening act, Coheed, and then Slipknot closing out. It was the weirdest high-low high, and but everything sounded really good live. They put on a great show. Every one of their songs and albums that I've listened to and heard, I, I can enjoy all of it. So, you know, one of those bands that I really can appreciate just, you know, for everything that they do. I would really love to see a tour with them and the Proto Men. I think that would be a home tour. And if you haven't heard the Proto Men, you need to listen to the Proto Men. Mega Man themed rock music. Oh, they're kind of like, um, uh, what's it, the uh, 8 8 Bit Brigade? Or Bit Brigade? Better. Have you ever seen Bit Brigade live? I haven't. They, they actually play along to someone playing the game of Mega Man. Okay, that's still pretty cool, but. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> I, simultaneously, I, I'm just killing time because I have to make up for John's numbers. If that's what he was supposed to say. And again, we're just going to shit on him throughout this entire episode, which we are recording this on the day that we're finding out that Steve from Smash Mouth passed away a week after we recorded an episode about Smash about Mouth. Smash Mouth. Where we where didn't we... even know he was in hospice. Yeah. Kind of shit talk sorry yeah to, uh to, to steve and his family and uh, it's it, look look it, the the perspective that i have is we pointed out the not nice things that happened and that's what we have to do with a lot of these bands and we're gonna do a different disclosure i'm sure but um simultaneously it's a little awkward <laughs> so i'm kind of like well the curse has struck again Way to go, universe, you fucker. Um, and I'm just trying my best to kill time here while I pull up the yeah. numbers. God, it's like it's, sometimes it feels like all the glitters is gold, you know? It's just just a real I, I'm just shame. hoping we we can rise to popularity just on the fact that the parlay curse exists. Mm -hmm. I've been shouting it for at least the last six or seven months. Yeah. That yeah. the parlay curse is real. Every time, every single time we cover somebody, something newsworthy happens less than a week after. You guys got to start covering. Like you should start covering much worse people than you're we, have. I think. we have. We have. We have. Really, we're, you're working your way down. That's good. It, okay. It varies. I mean, Taylor Swift is no saint, but she's pretty damn close to one. Really? And then oh, you that's have. That's kind of crazy to me. I would have thought she had something going on. We, we thought there would be skeletons in the closet. As it turns out, no. Um, or there are people around her more than or, a couple bad deals with her agents and producers. That's about it. Or it's all very well hidden. That's possible. I mean, yeah. Jared Leto, <laughs> uh, when we covered 30 Seconds to Mars, found out we he had a cult. Yeah, I've read about the Jared Leto cult thing. Yeah. 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 It all feels a little tongue-in-cheek to me. Well, on top know. of that, as you were talking about, it's been buried very well. Um, right. He was named in the Me Too movement, and then all of the articles covering such somehow disappeared from the internet. Oh, weird. 
So we okay. were able to find some things through various blog sites that had links to like the historical ones, and that was the only way we could find anything. So his wow. attorneys are doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, a fucking he just... asshole, but his attorneys are doing a great job. Man, you just can't trust the lack of controversy on the internet now. You just can't trust people that are worth over a million dollars. All right, so Coheed and Cambridge. That would be nice. It's never going to happen. <laughs> Trickle-down economics doesn't work. Stop trying it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Reaganomics. You know, we're actually going to talk about him a little bit later. <laughs> Believe it or not. Wait, how is Reagan coming up? Okay, I'll get to you know it. I'll get to oh it. Oh, my God. I cannot it. wait for the end of this episode. Spoilers. Wow. All right. All right. So, oh, yeah. Coheed and Cambria have sold uh, over 1 million albums. Uh, the estimate is 1,060,000. They currently have 10 studio albums, 5 live albums, 3 video albums, 38 music videos, 4 EPs, and 27 singles. Their highest selling album is Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 1, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. Good lord, these titles, but there is a reason behind that which we will get to. Uh, they have been certified gold twice, and... I'm sorry, three times. And as far as awards are concerned, it's... Sad to hear that this is all that's there for the band. We would expect at least one Grammy nomination, but nothing. They're very, very, very low. Uh, they do have a couple of MTVU Woody Awards. They're Good not shaped buddies. like penises. Damn. I know. Damn. Are they uh, at least phallical in any way? No, apparently not. <laughs> what the fuck, MTV? <laughs> They, they won twice in 2004 uh, for Soundtrack of My Life, Woody, for Best Album for In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3, as well as The Road, Woody, which is for Best Live Performance. They also have a Metal Hammer Golden God Award for Best oh, Album. That's pretty cool sounding. Yeah, I, I, I like the title of it. Yeah, I don't know if it has any clout at all, but I can picture the award oh. and it looks sick. I'll take it. it it makes me think of just Mjolnir or something like that. Just right. It has to be, right? They have to just give you a <laughs> hammer for that one. I don't know why else. I'm just going to say it for the sake of saying it. Hammer! <laughs> uh, they won that for best album for Good Apollo on Burning Star 4. I'm not going to read the rest of it, but that is volume one. <laughs> uh, 2008, they have a Kerrang! Award for best music video for the song Feathers. And then 2010... MTV Musical March Madness. They have the championship title. I don't know what the hell that is. And now yeah, I have I to Google it. Yeah, I guess we got to find out what the MTV March Madness is. MTV Musical March Madness. What you don't know about the March Maddies? Everybody knows about the March Maddies. The MTV March Maddies. The MMMs. Triple M, baby. You to pick the artist. What the fuck is this? What is the musical Mark Madness? The idea is to play two songs over the announcements. No, this is a high school thing. What the fuck is this? <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> I know what regular March Madness is. <laughs> 64 bands begin to get... Okay, it's... They put together a bracket bursting with top talent, and just like previous years, there's no shortage of storylines. Blah blah blah. It's it's a you pick them for March Madness. They pit two songs against each other, and then I guess it gets down to the final two, and then they can win. Great, cool. A description would have been nice. And what the fuck? I 
MTV doesn't play music anymore, so I don't even know what the association is at this point. But as far as numbers are concerned, that is all I have. Because Thanks, John. John fucked up. Dick. <laughs> so what, he would usually come in and, and talk about, like, how many t-shirts they sell or something? We generally keep it to album sales and awards. Okay. Uh, if there's anything that's yeah. specific or unique to it, like a specific award or something like that. If they got, you know, gotcha. a Razzie or something like that, okay. that would be great. You want to, like, make a few up? Hell yeah. What you got? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they they won a... Um... Crowd work oh, time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, they uh, they won a uh, a flaming sword of the uh, of heaven award from the uh, uh, the Finland music festival. That's sponsored by Brigham Young University, right? Contest. Yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah, you're right. This is this, you know what making up awards now, is harder than I thought it was going to be. Now, did you know Claudio was actually awarded the Golden Helmet Award by Rogaine? For his wonderful helmet of hair. What? Ah, that <laughs> was pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The the Rogaine golden helmet. Yeah. The Rogaine golden helmet. Duh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. If you've got <laughs> enough hair, they hand. RGH. I don't know. Yeah. I, is that real? <laughs> no, it's not real. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Unfortunately, it sounds like it could be real. <laughs> I'm a lot better at this than you guys. I can't I, help it. I. Yeah. I'm too mad right now. I'm the one who went to school for theater and improv, and I'm the one who can't fucking do this at the moment. Well, Jay, you just won a golden microphone uh, here at the. <laughs> that uh, is an award. <laughs> the Parlay Radio Riffing Contest. Uh, I'd, oh, I'd like God. to thank uh, God first and foremost. Uh, mm-hmm. Without who Alanis said, I cannot do anything through. I'd like to thank uh, the Academy uh, for always believing in me. And, You're welcome. Uh, and, and my dog Jinx. I would like to thank um, Jay for coming on this show whenever I said, hey, does anyone want to co-host a podcast with me for also having a full head of hair, knowing damn well I also have a full head of hair. I just religiously shave my head on a normal basis because it's easier maintenance. I would like to thank my parents for giving me my long, luscious beard, even though they both state I inherit that from my grandfathers. Both. <laughs> and, and we uh, both like to thank John Dick. for not being here Dick. <laughs> to give us a better experience this, this riff never could have happened without John's absence we, we appreciate so. you John for, for not showing up today for yeah. celebrating the holiday weekend with your family like a normal human being whereas the two of us said nope we want to bury ourselves in different rooms in the house and talk to a stranger Dick. so thank you Nathan for showing up yeah. today oh happy to be here do I get an award <laughs> I, uh, I'll spray paint an old microphone and then I'll give that to you at best. Okay. You know what's you funny? Get... I actually think. Hang on one sec. I think I have. Oh, you, you get the silver parley. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I do have a gold microphone lighter. Oh, it has already go. been spray painted gold. So, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have like a cheapy one that just hooks right into like an eighth inch jack or something like that. I'll give that to you at best. We'll both be Great. here. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. So I say we go ahead and move on because Jay has a lot to talk about as far as lyrics. Oh, 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 oh man, I get the fun ones. This was actually a really fun one because I'm, I'm going to go ahead and preface this by just saying that each of the band's studio albums, with the exception of 2015's The Color Before the Sun, they all tell a chapter in a saga that was originally narrated by Sanchez's lyrics. 
Uh, the band also makes use of recurring melodies, self-referencing musical and lyrical cues in certain songs to reference key moments in the Amory Wars mythology. So this whole thing, as I was researching it, I just kept reading more and more about the Amory Wars, and I kept getting sidetracked so much, it's ridiculous. Um, so the cool thing is, though, you know, because the whole mythos isn't wholly comprehensible through the music and lyrics alone, uh, Claudio created the Amory Wars comics and books to better depict the stories, events, and characters. So the whole Amory Wars is set in Heaven's Fence. It's a collection of 78 planets and seven stars. It's held in place by interconnecting beams of energy known as the Keywork. And within Heaven's Fence, there are three main races, humans, mages, and a special race called the Prize. Uh, the Keywork of Heaven's Fence is divided into 12 different sectors, and each sector is ruled by a mage. One eternity later. There are multiple arcs that are followed throughout this. They follow a group of different characters. Uh, the main arc is the Year of the Black Rainbow and the second stage Turbine Blade. Uh, they, those albums narrate the struggle of Coheed and Cambria, Kilgannon, who are two characters, uh, against Wilhelm Ryan, the Supreme Tri-Mage who has launched a war campaign with the intended goal to rule over Heaven's Fence. Uh, the story arcs in, in Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3, Good Apollo, I'm Burning, Star 4, Volume 1, From Fear, Through the Eyes of Madness, and Volume 2, No World for Tomorrow, all focus on the heroic journey of Claudio Kilgannon, the son of Coheed and Cambria, and his journey to assume the mantle of the crowing, foretold savior of Heaven's Fence. That is a lot of shit. Wow. <laughs> I feel like somebody just explained Dungeons and Dragons to me for the first time. It's yeah. it's space space Dungeons and Dragons, and I love it. I'm like uh -huh. instantly hooked. I want to get every graphic novel I can. As this goes through, um, there's a couple of prequels, a sequel, um, also a, a an after arc for everything else. It's it's insane how much description he's given, and if you listen to a lot of the lyrics of a lot of their songs it's not like something crazy that just immediately makes you think of all these things there's a lot of these songs are rather relatable to you know everyday stuff one of them being one of the songs that i'm going to cover which is a favor house atlantic so it's the first single off the second album 2003's in keeping secrets of silent earth three and it was Coheed and Cambria's highest charting song it peaked at number 13 on billboard's alternative songs also hit number 40 on the U.S. mainstream rock for Billboard and reached number 77 on the U.K. singles chart. Uh, the inspiration for it came from Claudio Sanchez's own experiences with requited love. He said that the song is about the frustration of not being able to express your feelings to someone and the idea of having someone help you out with that. I This is the first song that I ever heard from Coheed, and it, it, it definitely, like struck a couple of chords emotionally with me it, it's it's a very like a, a, as uh one of the descriptors i had seen for it is it's a an emo trojan horse because at first it doesn't really sound like an emo song but when you really get down into it there's a lot of like kind of emo undertones to it i can see that at the same time yeah. i kind of greatly disagree 
It's just mainly, well, I get the song itself probably, but I can't say it. It's the band. No, it's not, not, I wouldn't even say musically. I'd say more, more lyrically than anything, but. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. it also, I mean, that, that was kind of a product of the time too. You know, that 2003, 2004 was when emo was really on the rise. I'm sure a lot of that probably seeped into the music to try and make it a little more palatable for a lot of audiences. Right. Yeah. When you, when when everything's competing with My Chemical Romance, everything gets a little bit of My Chemical Romance. <laughs> yep. Like in it, you know. Sprinkle a little My Chemical dust on. Yeah. 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 It's not a black parade. It's more like a black march, but you know, it's it's in there. <laughs> I uh I do know why part of the reason it got as popular as it did uh, with the emo bits is that around 2004 was also when Fuse premiered. And if you recall, Fuse being the station back in the day that primarily did music and music-related shows, they only played a lot of alternative rock at that time. So they played metal, they played all these bands that you weren't hearing on radio because you needed to hear them, while MTV kept with just the pop and hip-hop. I don't well, even I mean, think they had a hip-hop show for like a year on Fuse, if I'm not mistaken. No, but I mean, even before Fuse, you had much music that was doing just as much, too. You know, a lot of their stuff was more underground. I remember seeing um, Tool's uh, Schism for the first time on that and freaking out because, oh my God, what the fuck is this? It's the craziest fucking video ever. I love but it's such a good video, too, man. But, but I digress. Mm-hmm. We'll actually mention Tool a little bit here later on. Just Yay! Just a little in passing, you know, a little, little Maynard throw in for you because who doesn't love him, right? So the second yeah, song I, that we're going to... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I feel like Tool definitely fits into the conversation about um, a Kogi, where they they're, they feel like kind of uh, two, two sides of the same coin in a lot of ways, um, where like uh, Tool lyrics are almost equally incomprehensible. If you don't read the liner notes, <laughs> like, it's all very complicated, you know, musically, song-wise. I, mean, I do remember, like, the summer of 2004, you know, Fallout Boy was really big at that time. You had Coheed coming out. And between those two acts, I don't know how the fuck anybody knew what the hell any of them were singing. Yeah, right. It's more of a feeling, though, and that's fine. Like that's marbles great. in your mouth. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Fallout Boy. It's just you know they don't uh, accentuate consonants. I mean, it's definitely like great vocal practice if you need to before you go on stage. It's just singing your vowels. It's like, okay, what Fallout Boy song do we want to cover right now? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like before, you you just have to like put a clothespin on your tongue before you sing any of the songs. I mean, you could. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Yeah, are you going to do a whole album called Clothespin now? I could. (laughs) I think I I could. Yeah. The best karaoke songs if you just got dental surgery. (laughs) (laughs) So the second song that we're going to cover is Welcome Home. And this is probably the song a lot of people know of. And I'm just going to go ahead and preface this entire song by saying this is one of the first true rock epics in decades this song has the most epic fucking feeling to it it like it puts you through an entire gamut of emotions it pumps you up it calms you down it makes you just 
oh my god it's so good if you have not heard this song stop what you're doing right now even if it means you have to pause, pause. this episode pause come back to it but go check out that song then on your spotify app come back make sure to subscribe and then start listening to this episode again spotify users please hit pause search welcome home it should be the top result hit play listen to the five minute 33 second epic and then and go then, back to recently played and continue listening or, to this episode or even re-cue this episode so it automatically picks back up uh, i think you there can actually i don't know if it'll let you queue up podcast. I have no idea. you could i'm yes. not really sure you can actually yeah. i do it all the time oh okay good yeah all right great you can yeah. you can queue up at like this episode and then queue up welcome home and then queue up all the other episodes of parlay radio it'd be perfect that's yeah. the best listening experience ever which is what you should do there we go all right am i hired i, I like you so much <laughs> Nathan. you are totally replacing john i uh i will say that uh at the end of this simply the fest marathon we will be creating a playlist for everybody to listen to all of the episodes that we have for the marathon including every guest that we've had especially mm. today's special guest nathan hart so you are more than welcome to add that to your queue because you will. You will. I, I like my microphone being here instead of hanging over my head. It's kind of nice. <laughs> I didn't know it could actually hook up to my small stand. So it's it's fun because I go. Woo, woo. <laughs> this is my ADD kicking. <laughs> it's okay. John... I'm only the host and producer. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I thought John was the reason we went off the rails all the time. Apparently, it's just you. Well, <laughs> I got this cheesy box downstairs, right? <laughs> I, I could do it. I could do it. You know I could. Oh, my head hurts now. All right, so anywho, Welcome Home. It was the first single off the third album, 2005's Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 1, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. Yes, I'm going to say it every damn time because that's pretty badass. So one of the big things with this song, it was featured on the Xbox 360 version of Madden NFL 2006. And more famously, it was a fully unlocked playable track on Rock Band. I guarantee you that's where most people who've ever heard this song remember it from. And I cannot tell you how many nights I spent jamming out to that song on Rock Band. Isn't it cool how those games, like all those Guitar Hero and stuff, just it, it, it manages to bring so many people's catalogs to life like that? That because you can you can fuck up one of their songs, uh, it really like connects you better with the artist if you can see how you <laughs> how how you could play it poorly. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, playing uh, through the fire and flames by Dragon Force is the reason yeah. why I realized I just need to quit playing guitar. Period. Yeah. What am I, I doing a, with my life? I was a real guitar player, and I'm like, yeah. oh god, I can't even play this on a piece of plastic. <laughs> The crazy thing about those, though, I actually, one of the last bands that I was in years and years ago, um, the guitarist, one of the guitarists actually started playing guitar because of Guitar Hero, which hey, was what, really cool. I guess whatever it takes, you know? Yeah, if that's and what gets you into it. He was in a, he, he, he learned so quickly. I think in like within a year, he had already surpassed what I've been playing 13 years to hit. So mm -hmm. I give him credit wow. for it. Wow. Wow. I mean, I, I stopped playing Guitar Hero because I play guitar. 
because I got so damn frustrated with the controls that I was like, this isn't how a fucking guitar works. I can't do this. Yeah. It's the problem if you play guitar is you're so used to certain strum patterns or certain like beats with everything, and the song the the song on the games don't always follow the exact same one. That's that's a little because there were some songs I remember I could play perfectly on a guitar, and I'd go and play it on like guitar hero and i would barely get like 20 percent. yeah because you're kind of doing like a cover of a cover since they've got mm -hmm. to adapt to the controller and stuff and so welcome home uh peaked on billboard's u.s alternative songs chart at 36 and the u.s mainstream rock songs at 24. so back to what we were saying a little bit earlier with tool in a 2017 interview with claudio sanchez he said quote the riff reminded me of a cross between Tool and Led Zeppelin. There was something about the intricate minor intro that gave me a sense of the creakiness of Tool, but the chord progression of Led Zeppelin, it had me so pumped. When it came to tracking the song, we wanted it to be as complex and challenging as we felt the subject material was. It's a song that came out of what I thought was the end of a relationship with a woman who is now my wife. There were a lot of ups and downs, and that whole record is kind of perplexing, is a kind of perplexing love letter. And with Welcome Home, we wanted to reflect that. So I tracked all these vocal tracks that don't necessarily match up. I wanted it to feel like all these different voices. All these parts of my personality, like multiple personalities singing the same thing. It's kind of jarring. I enjoy playing the song still to this day, especially at the start of a set like we are at like we are at the moment in doing good apollo in full i still love the song even though it was about a bad time in my life it's a horrible mean-spirited song but it is what it is i mean we're married now so it's fine <laughs> wow <laughs> huh interesting that's I'd, I'd... sweet I'd... yeah that's uh <laughs> I, I I wonder if that comes up around the house ever. <laughs> you know? I mean, if they're they still married, a fight. you know, hey. Yeah. If they get into yeah. a fight, you just hear Claudio playing it in the office. He slams yeah. the door behind him. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, it, his wife can't throw that in his face, though, because I guarantee you the royalties alone from that song probably bought their house. Right, right. I mean, maybe she does, though. Maybe it's like, uh, hey, I'm going to, you know, fuck you up bad enough again to make you write another welcome home that could get be. us another house. please do please do because i mean, God, yeah. we need if another one keep, of those in our lives if you keep yeah. them on the level of that I, i'm i'm happy as can be mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's it for lyrics okay i mean it that song is still everywhere and that's kind of the cool part too because i remember i i remember hearing the song initially i think again through fuse but then soundtrack started picking it up uh, I remember specifically, it made me watch the Tim Burton movie Nine, the animated mm. movie about the created monsters trying to escape. I think it's like a giant bird monster. And that was the song during the trailer. And I was like, this song has, this has coheed in it. Oh, I'm watching this. And the movie was okay. But that song pulled me into the trailer. So I'm like, well, that's, you know, Pavlov's dog and me salivating as soon as I hear it, I'm just gonna jump on whatever it is. So I I, I do enjoy that song quite a bit. 
and I want I th- seven more. I but think only there's, seven. There's three songs that no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, everything has to be stopped and it has to be completely and totally cranked up. Welcome Home is number one. Epic by Faith No More is number two. And Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen is number three. I was going to say, if you didn't say Bohemian Rhapsody, I was going to slap that hat off those, your head. Those three, immediately, everything stops. We're rocking out. If, it, if it's in the car, you better sing along. If you can't sing along, you're fucking walking. Yeah. Call an Uber. Those are, those are speeding ticket songs. Yes. <laughs> Why'd I pull you over? I'll tell you why I pulled you over, because you were going too fast, sir. Because you were listening to Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah, shit. All right, there's a clause. That would well, that would uh. that would probably depend on where you got pulled over. You know, getting pulled over by sheriff, yeah, they're probably not going to care, but well, police departments might be okay with it. I don't know. Our local mm-hmm. police department would probably give us a break if they knew we were jamming out the Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, boy. Right. Now I yeah. get to talk about Ronald Reagan. I can tell it all for a second. <laughs> Okay, yeah. All good. We're there. I'll I'll get to that uh, in a a minute because I have to bring up a couple points as far as controversies are concerned. Um, Spoiler alert. I feel like like you guys need a stinger right there. When you say controversy for the first time. I I normally do the the doom uh, bong from Inception. Oh. Okay, you yeah. just do it later. Oh, yeah, sad. yeah, I, awesome. I do it in post. Great, I do it in post. Oh, good <laughs> job. We're not it, special enough for the soundboard yeah. here. Oh, good, good, good work. I'm glad yeah. you're 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 way ahead of me on this. Okay, <laughs> sorry, good, sorry. Carry on. <laughs> um, so a uh, couple things I'm gonna mention. I, I'm gonna say the spoiler alert. Uh, they're clean. They're very very clean. X members not so much, and we'll talk about that a little bit. And there's some stuff that current members did, but kind of turned their lives around. So. All good on that front. I want to start with February 20th, 2022. In Tucson, Arizona, two black women by the names of Sabrina and Sabine attended a Coheed and Cambria show. Through a series of tweets, Sabrina described their experiences through the show. Quote, We had never attended a Coheed show where sitting was the norm, stating they stood up when the band came on in an effort to greet the band but were asked by other fans to sit back down when politely saying no because other fans were standing. Security apprehended them and, quote, we were pulled out of the concert by security saying, get your shit and get the fuck out. (laughs) Wow. So after two songs, they were let back in, but the situation worsened. We were the only black people and black women in our section and were not protected from enjoying the show white men repeatedly yelling obscene words at us in fear for safety we left the show early knowing we would not be supported by the rialto tucson which was the venue claudio sanchez responded to these tweets apologizing to sabrina and sabine adding to anyone reading this if racism is your ideology coheed its songs and our culture should not resonate with you what we've created and who we are is absolutely contrary to an exclusionary belief system and this kind of behavior won't be tolerated on any level any day. If you're not making others feel welcomed, loved, appreciated, and respected in this family, do us all a favor, do not attend our shows. Side note, Sanchez is Italian and Puerto Rican. So yeah, I'm sure he has had his fair share of discrimination in his life as well. Uh, <laughs> the only thing that came up whenever I typed in Coheed and Cambria controversy, I, said, I had to dig for a lot of this shit. The only thing that came up for controversy was Claudio getting his haircut in 2018. 
fans were furious about it because he has basically a lion's mane on his head. It's and a helmet you, of hair. If you see his shows, and I said this to Nathan when we were getting ready to, to record, he has a fan on him at all times, so the hair just flies and flutters in the breeze while they're playing their set. And it's amazing to watch. And in some cases, you can't see the fans, so you're just like, I guess he's fucking Medusa, and it's just going yeah. off. But it, it's insane. That, that, that was the only thing I found for controversy. So I found some other stories and some stuff about history with the band. So Josh Eppard, who's the band's drummer, abruptly left in on November 2nd, 2006. Uh, speculations were left with no answers for a time until it was revealed that Eppard had succumbed to a drug addiction that had been exacerbated by the frantic touring schedule. He had a heroin addiction. He has since been open and honest about that, uh, stating that was his big vice. When asked if he quit or was fired, he stated he was, quote, about to be fired. This led to Josh getting sober and recording albums under his hip-hop moniker, Weird Science. He went on to drum for Terrible Things, which was a band started by Fred Mascherino, formerly of Taking Back Sunday. After several years of other projects, Josh rejoined Coheed on November 16, 2011, where he is still playing drums for them to this day. During his absence, Chris Penny, formerly of Dillinger Escape Plan, had joined Coheed as its drummer. But due to contractual reasons on his former label, he couldn't appear as the, on the band's fourth album. So instead, Taylor motherfucking Hawkins of the Foo Fighters recorded the drums in his place, making use of Penny's ideas written with Sanchez. If you listen to Good Apollo on Burning Star 4 Volume 2, No World for Tomorrow, that is Hawkins. May he rest in peace. And that is why Josh doesn't like me because I wore a Foo Fighters hat at the Weird Science Show. At Jack Rabbits. Yeah, I might have read I, I just think it's really funny to describe heroin as one of your vices. You know? Like that's that, true. That, that, that <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, sometimes I eat a little bit of bit too much ice cream and I like I'll 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 put on like South Park for an afternoon and then I'll uh, shoot some heroin. You know, like it's it's really weird uh phrasing, I think. I, know, I, I, I said I, the vice I, phrase. Oh, okay. That was just you. All right. That was just you. All right. I thought That's you were just reading. my poor choice of words. Okay. All right. I thought you were reading something. I was thinking to myself, well, yeah, you know, I do a little heroin every once in a while, but really my bad addiction is actually like Coca-Cola. Yeah. It's really, you know, when, when I'm having a cheat day, you know, I like to, I'll do a bump. Sure. But fucking hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a couple more facts, a little bit mixed in with controversies, but literally nothing that I have reflects on the band poorly. Um, right. So that is the, a very, very nice positive spin to this. And I love it when we have these acts that don't really have anything because I feel so much better about mm -hmm. them. Um, so Dance Gavin Dance was on tour with Coheed, but after allegations surfaced of vocalist Tillian Pearson of sexual misconduct uh, were removed. Dance Gavin Dance was removed from the tour. Several allegations were made against Pearson, including a long story complete with photos of Pearson coercing a fan back to his apartment and forcing himself onto her. Obviously, no photos of the act, but a lot of texts back and forth and a very long, elaborate, detailed story pertaining to it. Yeah, uh, and that person was not the only one to come forward. 
Uh, the song Delirium Trigger is heavily inspired by the movie Alien. Oh, I can see if that. If you actually listen back to it, you can hear the story pretty well in there. Oh, uh, Domino cool. and the Destitute is inspired by Claudio's brother Matt, who is a professional boxer as well. I thought those were just kind of cool little hmm. song effects. Little, little, another little fact, too. Did you know that Claudio's hair can double as an airbag in case of an accident? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the Claudio airbag. <laughs> it just pops out and sings a really yeah. high pitch. The the hair will actually like wrap around you real quick, like Doctor Strange's cape. You know, his hair is sentient. Yeah, I I have full confidence that it is. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it did. He didn't cut it. He it actually just left his head. It said, right. Nah, nah. But I I gotta I gotta take some time away from you, dude. They, they were actually feuding at the moment. Yeah, that's, that's the that, real controversy. That, that's the, the real controversy is that Welcome Home is actually about his first feud with his hair. It had nothing to do with his wife. That was, uh, Where the fuck did I go wrong? <laughs> By starting a podcast with me. I know. <laughs> I know that's what it is. Uh, former bassist Michael Todd robbed a Walgreens on June 11th, 2011, trying Whoa. to acquire painkillers. This occurred in Attleboro, Massachusetts, where he claimed he had a bomb and was ready to blow the place up unless he was given the pills. Whoa. This is the best part. He then took a cab from the store to the Mansfield Comcast Center where the band was scheduled to open for Soundgarden. He was easily tracked down and arrested at the venue, and because of this, the band severed ties. <laughs> You're telling me he's playing an arena, and he thinks the best way to get pain pills is to do a fake bomb threat at a Walgreens? And take a cab. You know. And, yeah, and then take the like that's well, That has to write down their fucking weirder. routes. <laughs> it's like there's no way he couldn't have just paid somebody, like a just, kid buying beer. Shit, like, just ask a fucking roadie. Hey man, yeah. you know where I can get that's that's yeah. it. Like shit, you like... put it on your fucking rider or something. Jesus. Yeah, when you're playing arenas, I feel like you get to like you can definitely ask anybody for painkillers and you'll probably get them. Like you don't I think that guy just likes calling in bomb threats. Maybe. Maybe it's like that Seinfeld doing. episode, you know? That's the only thing that I could think of when he was trying to get yeah. George out from Yankee Stadium. So right. possible. Yeah. I mean, once once you once you're doing the arena show, you need that thrill. Where else are you gonna go besides faking bomb threats at a Walgreens? It's the only way to get off. See, there there's the problem. Okay, you know, pain pills obviously cause that. He should have just stuck a little bit of heroin every once in a while. Yeah, really. It's just a small vice, you know. Just yeah. a small vice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then lastly, I did mention Reagan. The band yes. had a great video with Funny or Die, where they sang former Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia's dissenting remarks on the Affordable Care Act and same-sex marriage. Scalia was a conservative Supreme Court Justice nominated by Ronald Reagan and appointed to the court in 1986, unanimously, by the way. The vote was 98-0. Zach's face throughout the video is probably what I would suggest to watch, just because he is really trying his damnedest to keep it together. Claudio and Josh are the two singers on the song, and it's presented seriously, but there's a few points where they just they, they lose it. But I, I want to include some of the comments that Scalia had uh, on the Affordable Care Act. The court's interpretation renders words inoperative. 
goes beyond giving words bizarre meanings. Words no longer have meaning. Pure applesauce jiggery pokery. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then on same-sex marriage, I call attention to this court's threat to American democracy, impossible possibility. The world does not expect logic in poetry. Same-sex marriage, I dissent, silly extravagances, showy profundities. Yeah, these sound like coheed lyrics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, yeah. If you you can check the video on YouTube, yeah. it is still up. Uh, yeah. I will I'll send you the link. If these dissenting opinions were about like a cyborg, then yeah, then, like- then this would all this would all check out. I just like the court's interpretation renders words inoperative. I mean, yeah. I just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can picture him singing it, and it's sick. His hair's blown back. <laughs> It's it's a nice little acoustic ditty that they do. I I, yeah. I really enjoyed it a lot. I remember it coming out, and that's why I was like, wait a minute, is this still on? And uh, sure enough, Funnier Die still has it on their channel. But oh, I gotta as, check that out. As far as controversies are concerned, their honest to God wasn't anything, because everything that seems to be negative towards the band was addressed by the band directly, and they made the proper yeah. situation better by either addressing it immediately and taking care of the problem or really have nothing to do with it. So, Dance Gavin Dance, no, you fucked up, get off our tour. Josh, you fucked up, get out of the band. Are you clean now? You can rejoin, great. Yeah, some people tweet at you, you tweet back at them. Some, your bassist makes a bomb threat at a Walgreens then hops in a cab going back to the arena. You call that cab driver. And you ask, did he tip you? And if they say no, then that basis is out of the band. <laughs> but I, I, I was thrilled that they're they're null and void as far as controversies are concerned because they are an absolutely amazing band. It's very different music for anybody that has not listened to Coheed, which if you haven't at this point, what the fuck is wrong with you? Especially if you're a fan of rock. Because this yeah. is something totally different from anything else you've experienced. If you want to be one of the cool kids from my high school, there you go. Or your wife. Up. Or my wife. If you want to be my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you don't live in Utah. You live in Oregon. <laughs> ah, yeah, that complicates things. Uh, hey, you got to have your vices, you know? <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm, I look forward to your set. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Nathan, uh, we appreciate you hopping on. And as always, I did ask you this uh, at the beginning to think of a few yeah. different acts that you were excited to see. It could be comedians. It could be bands. Yeah. Who are you looking forward to at Fest? Um, so the biggest one that I'm I'm really stoked about is Dillinger 4. I'm really excited about getting to see them. I've never gotten to see them live before. Been a big fan for a long time. Um, it'll be cool to see Guar. I, yeah. I love some Guar. I'm I'm so excited to be on a festival with guar is is so cool (laughs) that i get to the just my piddly little thing where i go out and uh, tell dick jokes and stuff the fact that that gets me (laughs) anywhere on the same like league of print of posters uh you can now Uh, after that you'll be able to say that you perform with guar i performed with guar once even though you you know whatever yeah no the the rest is semantics don't worry about the rest is semantics you're right (laughs) um uh, comedy wise, um, at the very least, you guys got to come out and see like the end of the shows. I think I'm on like three thirty and then four 
on the on on two of the days. Um, All right. But at the very least, you got to come out for the end of the shows. Uh, you got to see Curtis Cook. You got to see Brandy Posey, and you got to see Chris Gathard. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Awesome, awesome. I did want to mention this too before we uh, we hop off of here as well. Uh, we did get news earlier this weekend that uh, the late great Jimmy Buffett had passed away. I'm not the biggest Jimmy Buffett fan. Uh, it is white people karaoke to me, and everybody enjoys it. If you've ever gone to a bar in your life that has any sort of outdoor patio, somebody has played Margaritaville. That should tell you enough about the impact of Buffett and his career. Although he did do a lot of laid-back beach songs, they're still impactful for many, many years. So we wish our nothing but the best to the family, and uh, hope they find peace at this time. I and 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 Key West while you're at it. Yeah. We also yeah. wish the best to the entire island of Key West in this trying time. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I hope he finds the cheeseburger in paradise that he was looking for. Oh, good. I'm I'm glad you made a joke because I uh, I don't I was I, I was gonna care. feel bad if it was if it was just me. Yeah. No, I mean, and you know, look, some you know. people can make jokes about the dead and the you you realize that the personality of the person that uh, passed away probably would enjoy the joke. So yeah, yeah. At least yeah, at yeah. least in that I. I Buffett, I I think we have him on our list of people to cover, but from what I understand, he's pretty pretty humble dude. Mm, he nah. he uh -oh. had we some... can cut out this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's he he was arrested actually. Um, he uh, had a couple of drug charges for drug smuggling. He was a smuggler for like twenty years. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Different, he had a though. he had a plane. Yeah. He'd fly shit in like. Dude, we're called Parlay Radio. We're all about pirates. It's okay. Exactly. It's totally so maybe we okay. should cover him. Smuggling. Smuggling. Legacy awesome. episode. Yeah. Is there a book based on that? Because if not, I'm writing the movie. About no, Jimmy Buffett. Topic I'd right. About Buffett's smuggling days. Why the hell not? Yeah. Nathan, you'll be in it. You'll play Jimmy yeah. Buffett. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah. We'll call yeah, it. We'll, we'll call it Buffett stuffed it. That's a that's a new dream role is to go waste away in Margaritaville. That's uh, that's what I want for myself. Comic Nathan Hart dot square space dot. I can't even say it anymore. Nate, give away your stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, comic Nathan Hart on all the things. Uh, and uh, yeah, websites comic Nathan Hart dot square space dot com. Well, uh, on behalf of Jay and Nathan. My name is Devin Hughes. I have already said great day, so I will say good night. Parlay Radio is a journalistic, educational commentary podcast hosted by Jay Bain, John Coleman, and Devin Hughes. On the mention of bands and materials used, we are protected by fair use in copyright as we provide criticism and commentary through satirical means. We don't own the rights to any bands or stories mentioned, but we do have the rights to offer criticism and commentary. Incidental music is provided by Cloudkicker and Creative Commons tracks in the public domain. If you have a band or suggestion for the show, you can find us on Facebook at Parlay Radio, on Instagram at Parlay Radio Podcast, or on TikTok at Parlay Radio. You may also email us at parlayradio at gmail.com. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to our show if you enjoy what you hear. Thanks for listening.